And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, Tony Defio. I want to thank you for joining me. I just want to welcome some more people into the live chat. We have Russ Obenstein, John C., Simon Elias, Mark Tobin. Joe, I already got Joe, Joe Wilson, Owen David. So uh, thank you all for joining me. And let's see what else we have here. Do I have any, any hot takes that I miss? All right. No. So I'm going to get into my contract. My contract. Wow. Uh, Mike Tomlin contract extension. That was announced on Tuesday morning. Very matter-of-factly. Uh, the Steelers signed him to a, a, a three-year extension through 2024. The financial uh, part of it, who knows? But um, if you want to know what I think of that pick, I'm going to tell you what I think of that, 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 that deal, that pick, that deal, that extension. I'm okay with it. I like it. Well, what did you expect? Of course I'm okay with it. Of course I, I think it's a good, a, a good decision. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a polarizing decision. I mean, my goodness, if you saw the, the internet in a couple of days after, yeah, after the extension was announced, I mean, it was like, wow, you talk about controversy, but. I mean, it's like I always say when it comes to the head coach. If you have a good one, you better be sure when you pull the trigger and 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 and, and uh, move on from that from that person and bring somebody else in. Because like, if you don't have that part of your program um, down, if you don't have it, if you don't, if it's not working, if if you're if if you don't have stability there. It's just, it's just, it's so hard to, uh, to, to build anything. It's so hard to maintain anything. It's so hard to, to progress. You have to get that right. Just like you have to get the quarterback position, right? It's those two things. When you see, if you look at the truly uh, bad organizations out there, the ones that have been struggling for a while, look who, look at, look at their quarterback situation and look at their head coaching situation. Uh, usually it's a turnstile for, for, for in both areas. So, you know, I realize there, there are many of there, – there are plenty of um, reasons that you can come up with that to move on from Tomlin, just like there are plenty of reasons that you can, you can cite for keeping him. It, it, it's, it, it's depending on how you feel about it. Uh, if you like Tomlin, then, 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 then you can come up with a million reasons. If you don't like him, then you're going you're gonna to come up with, you know, so many reasons to, to get rid of him, like the, the whole coaching tree thing – the three playoff wins since 2010, you know, the fact that they haven't won a Super Bowl since 08. I mean, you know, uh, the fact that they've, they've kind of been outplayed in their last three playoff losses. I mean, really outplayed badly, you know? So yeah, you, there's a lot of reasons you, you can come up with, but, but uh, to me, you know, when, when you have stability at, the, at that part of your organization, you know, you'd be hard pressed to move on from them, you know? And, and, you know, you could you can certainly um, make a lot of uh, you can cite a lot of reasons why that they've they've struggled since since uh, 2010 to get back on on top of the championship mountain and, and the main reason for me is just it's just hard to do. I know it, it, it's it, it's a simple way of looking at it, and a lot of people don't want to hear it, but when you look at NFL history. You look at the, the the teams that go on that had Super Bowl runs. Just look at any number of them. And when I say a Super Bowl run, I'm talking about one that, 
like that from beginning to end. Not you, you can't just take one ma- big long Super Bowl run and turn it into two. I'm talking about like like the Patriots. They had like an, a, an almost a 20 year Super Bowl run, unprecedented. You can't divide that in, in, into two. That was one long run. So you know, I'm pretty confident that their next 10, 15 years are going to be fairly lean. Maybe not in terms of making the playoffs, but in terms of you know, getting back to the Super Bowl and winning it—that's just how it goes. I mean, you look at the the uh, the, the Cowboys after their long run from the '60s through the early '80s. They really fell off, and they got back up there again in the '90s. To their credit, you know, they hit rock bottom. They 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 fired Tom Landry, brought in Jimmy Johnson, had a new owner and Jerry Jones. They got back on top again, but then you know. Jerry Jones uh, decided he wanted to be the GM and they they've been struggling to get back there ever since they haven't even come close to a Super Bowl since 1995. Uh, the, the, when the Steelers had their success in the seventies, people talk about, about those, uh, you know, and, and you know, there are plenty of reasons why uh, teams fall off. And a lot of it is, is luck. A lot of it's timing, but mainly it's because how the, the, the league, um, wants it. I mean, they, the league wants it to be cyclical and, you know, look at the Steelers of the seventies, that great run that they had, you know, people talk about those drafts from 69 to 74 and, you know, they drafted nine hall of famers. They signed Donnie Shell as an undrafted free agent. He's a, he became a 10th hall of famer. You know, they talk about it. You know, it's like people love talking about those years and how well they did and how well, you know, art, art junior did as the, the chief scout and, and bill Nunn. you know, the, you know, going in, into the, uh, the African-American college, you know, the small black colleges in the South and all that, that great stuff. But nobody talks about 75 through 79 where they barely brought in anybody of substance. You know, they like their, their first pick uh, in 1975 after they won their first Super Bowl, uh, uh, Dave Brown, the Dave Brown, yeah, uh, the safety, they didn't even keep him. Uh, they didn't even protect him in the expansion draft the following year, the, the, the Seahawks claimed him in the expansion draft and he went on to have a great career, like a fantastic career, like 50 interceptions or 45 interceptions or something. He was fantastic. You don't think they could have used him in the, uh, in the eighties when they were uh, going through the transition, but they couldn't, they couldn't keep him because they were so strong at, at, at so many positions and they had, they had depth. I mean, Donnie shell was a backup for a number of years behind Mike Wagner and, and who was the uh, other safety that they had. But anyway, he was a backup for until like the late eight, the late seventies. Donnie Shell. So I mean, they had so much depth; it was hard, you know. So like, you know, if they were able to keep a Dave Brown, then maybe things were a little bit different in the eighties. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, the, the league wants you to kind of fail in the draft by having you draft in in not just late in the first round, but late in every round. And that was to put the Steelers' plight for the second half of the seventies. And by the time the eighties rolled around. And those 70s uh, superstars were getting old and they all left or were cut. You know, you were left with a kind of an average team. So that's another reason. The, the league just does not want somebody to stay on top forever. So that's another reason why it's hard to, you know, you, when you see what the Steelers did from 04 through 2010, it's hard to repeat that. And you look at so many teams, they have the same issues that Pittsburgh has had. So, you know, the, the, the Packers, I mean, they got lucky. I mean, they hit the lottery by, by drafting Aaron Rodgers after – uh, Brett Favre, but even he hasn't been able to, to duplicate what Favre did. Yeah, there's one championship, he, you know, same as Favre, but the Packers went to two Super Bowls back to back in the 90s. 
and he won three straight MVPs. So it's even Aaron Rodgers couldn't quite duplicate the same success that uh, Brett Favre did before him. And you, you look at the Packers and people talk about uh, Tomlin wasting Ben's last 10 years. They've had back-to-back franchise quarterbacks for, th- for three decades now, uh, dating back to the early 90s with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, they've won a couple Super Bowls, which is pretty good. But, you know, the Packers were the, 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 the standard bearer in the 60s. And here we are, you know, what, 61 years or 53 years after their, their great run in the 60s, and they've won two titles since. You know, so it's it's hard to it's hard to uh, to to duplicate championship runs. You know, when you do it once, it's probably going to be a long time before you do it again. At least a decade or so, or, or probably more than that. That's just the reality of it. Again, I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but it's just the truth. So, uh, I'm a big fan of Mike Tomlin. I think he's doing a great job. Uh, I think you know, it's hard to transition from from the kind of team that they had. You know, when you you have to transition that defense from from old slow and it's over back to the younger version, it took them almost a decade to get back there. You know, and, and they had a lot of issues with, with with injuries in the playoffs. I mean, they 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 put everything on the killer bees, right? And how how often did those did, did Brown, Bell, and Ben play together in the playoffs? Not very not very often. I mean, you, you didn't. It was rare that you had the three of them together in the playoffs. And the one time that they did, the one time that they did, what did they do? They, they went all the way to the AFC championship game. And then of course, Bell got hurt. Uh, well, he was already hurt, but he, he aggravated his groin injury in, in the championship game against the Patriots. And I don't think they would have had a chance anyway. I think the defense was still struggling and, you know, you, you know, the, the Steelers could never stop Brady at Gillette stadium. So Bell or no Bell, they weren't going to win that game. But I mean, that was the one time that they had uh, Ben Bell and Brown, together for, for the playoffs and, and they, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. So 2014, they didn't have bell 2015. They didn't have bell. And then Brown got hurt in, in the middle of the playoff run, you know, and Ben was hurt in that Cincinnati game too, in addition to Brown. So there are a lot of reasons you can look to, and I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but it's just, it's just, it is what it is. It's, it's the truth. So I'm happy that Tomlin's going to be back for another few years and um, we'll see what he can do. I mean, he's going to be here through the uh, probably the final year of Ben's career next year. And then it's going to be, you know, how is he going to do uh, without Ben? A lot of people have been waiting for that. A lot of people have been predicting that he's not going to do so well. You know, it's it, it, he's probably not going to do well if they don't find an, another great quarterback or another really good quarterback. It's just the reality of, of life in the NFL for anybody. You look at, how the Patriots struggled last year with uh, without Tom Brady, you know. So, and I just wanted, I just wanted to, uh, yeah. Steelers Pittsburgh says, uh, and Tom gets blamed for those injuries. Well, I don't even, I don't even know if people realize that when they're, when they're going off about Tomlin and the three playoff losses or the three playoff wins over a decade, that they don't even cite those injuries, which are a big deal because you know people talk about all this talent that he had, but he really didn't have a, a whole lot of talent in the, in the 2010s. He had an average defense. And, and again, they hung their hat on, on three all pros, uh, Ben Brown and bell. And if, if they, if they, it's like the pirates in the early nineties with, with Benia bonds advanced, like they needed those three guys to be productive in the playoffs and, and they never were. And then, and then they, they never advanced to the world series. 
They lost in the NLCS three straight years, you know, much to my chagrin <clears throat> and much to my many tears that I shed in those days. You know, so if you didn't have your, and they were called the killer bees, they were not the you know, advanced like, but they, uh, there were a lot of pirates with B in their name back then. And, and they were, they were all called the killer bees. And, you know, the, the, the Steelers of the mid 2010s were, had the same thing and they couldn't count on those guys to stay healthy for the playoffs. So, but one last thing I wanted to touch on, and here's what here, I, I, I keep going back to the live chat, but you know, you guys are uh, making great, uh, you're putting great content out there. And this is Manny Mendoza. And he says, Tomlin's success has more to do with Ben than anything. Tomlin, great players coach, but he is one of the worst situation, situational coaches in the league. Well, remember a couple of years ago when, when Bud Dupree, uh, that, that second Cleveland game with uh with with, uh, with Duck Hodges, this, the one at Heinz Field. What did Bud Dupree say about the adjustments that, that they made at halftime? He said, Coach T went old school at halftime. He went on the chalkboard and he went high, he went back to high school and, and he he made adjustments and, and he made us a better defense and he showed us how to attack the Browns and and so I don't know about about that at all. And as far as him being a great players coach. People look at Tomlin and think he's not a disciplinarian. And they look at Coach Cower as like the ultimate disciplinarian. He's got the, you know, the, the, the jaw, the chin, you know, seemed like the spittle and, and everything. And they assumed he was this disciplinarian. But, I mean, don't take my word for it. But uh, Stan Saverin, who has been covering the Steelers here since the mid-70s, and um, he got to know uh, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin all rather well. And he did, you know, they, he did coaches shows with all three of them. Well, not really Knoll, but but he Knoll didn't do stuff like that. But Cower and Tomlin especially, or certainly. And he said, all his years of observing uh, those two in action, Bill Cower was the much bigger players coach than than Tomlin is. In fact, word was back then that, that Bill Cower was much harder on his assistant coaches than Tomlin is. Maybe that's what maybe that's Tomlin's big fault. That he's too a uh, maybe he's too afraid to like put the hammer down on his assistants, whereas Cower was like his assistants didn't really like him. I mean, there are certain so many stories of um, guys who didn't get who didn't get along with Cower, but his, his players all loved him. But of course, his Tomlin's players love him too, but I think he's more of a disciplinarian than Cower was. At least that's what I've heard. And again, that's what Stan Saverin said. And he, he's been around here forever and he certainly knows more about the situation than I do. But um, I just want to touch on one more thing. One more thing. It's, it's been eating at me all week since Tuesday. And I've noticed this for a while, but it certainly, it, it came home to roost again with the Tomlin extension. And it's this idea that, like, it really, I really didn't notice this until like the, the, the dawn of social media. But it's like there's always this this contingent of, of fans that like act like other fans, like you know, who are positive about the team are like suckers and rubes and marks and you know that kind of thing, and like we're being taken advantage of because we're not like up in arms over things like a contract extension, you know, and my thing is like, 
none of this affects any of us directly. Like, yeah, we get upset when they win or, or upset when they lose and happy when they win. And, you know, uh, it's fun and we get into it and we you know, follow the draft and go out and buy our paraphernalia and watch the game and, 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 and debate about it. But as far, at the end of the day, like they're not like trying to sell us. Like I'm not like buying beachfront property in Nevada off of art. The second, like, I'm not like, uh, you know, like when, when, when people say things like, so you're just going to accept mediocrity. You're going to accept this. You're okay. Like I have to accept everything you know, mediocrity, championships, losing seasons. I have no control. I have no say. I'm not the GM, you know? And, and it's like, like you, you, you have these, like these people that they act like if, if they're like, if they go off the rails all the time, if they're like, you know, making negative memes and, 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 and like creating online petitions and making signs and going to Heinz field and, you know, making fun of Tom and Rooney and, you know, like, all, like they act like that's going to do anything. And they act like that's like, like, like they're going to make decisions based on that. And they're not because they're not emotional. Like we are, you know, it, it's, it's okay to like be critical, but like to think that, that, that like you're like above it all because like you're, you're like, you're, you're, um, you're not accepting the losing. Well, sh what is like, what is not accepting look like to me? I, I just want to know what, what that, what does that look like? When you say you're not going to accept it, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to watch anymore. You're not going to go to the games. Is that what you mean? I mean, it's like, is that like the condition? Like, like you're, you're is that the stipulation? Like, like you're, you're only going to go again, or you're only going to be a fan if they keep winning championships. So like when, when people say, I don't accept the losing, well, what does that look like? Is, is, is that mean you're like officially done with the team? Uh, does it mean that you're just going to, I, I just like, you're going to protest. Like, what does that mean? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, you know, like I've been a fan since I was seven years old. Yeah. You know, I've been following them for what? 41 years now. Yeah. Is that the right math? Yeah. 41 years. I, I mean, I I've, I've seen it all. So, I mean, like if they, if as much as I love Tom, if they fire him, I'm going to accept the, the new person and, and cheer them on. You know, if they go, two and 14 over the next five years, I'm going to still cheer for them. You know, does that make me a sucker? I mean, it's a, it's a pastime, you know, like it's, it's, it's something I, I, I do to pass the time and I get enjoyment out of it. You know, I mean, uh, I sit in my recliner every Sunday and sometimes crack open a beer, sometimes not watch the game, make funny remarks on Twitter. I mean, that's, that's what I, that's, that's entertainment to me. I mean, does that make me a, a rube because they're not winning a championship every year? I mean, I think that's what, that's what it all comes down to with people is, is, um, you know, it's like, it's all comes, it all comes down to championships. And when I notice what like a lot of fan bases, pretty much every fan base probably ever, it's like, they're like, there's a lot of like angst in between championships. It's like, you win a championship and then you, you have all these years of where, they, where you come close or you have, or you don't make the playoffs and this one needs to be fired. This one needs to get cut. This one needs to retire, blah, blah, blah. And then they win another one and then things are okay for a while. And then it, you start the whole process over. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I noticed, uh, which is not a original observation, but that seems like that's what, that's what being a sports fan is to so many people. It's like, you know, just so much angst and so much like, you know, like, like, like with the Justin Lane thing, with him getting arrested, like people like they, they identify with it so closely. It's like, 
they're embarrassed by it. Like they, like, like you know, they, they're, you know, like Franco Harris said one time back in the early 2010s when they were having some troubles with like Mike Adams and people like that. And, and James Harrison with the, the commissioner interview, you know, whatever. And uh, it was like, people come up to me and say they're embarrassed to be, you know, I'm like, why would you be embarrassed by the Steelers? Why, why would they, you know, it's like, it's not, it doesn't reflect you personally. You know, it's just like, it's like, you know, whether you're so angry about it or, 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 or just like, you know, get, ha- you're, you're, you're fine with it. It's still, it's like, it's just, it doesn't, it's not going to change your life. So like, I, I just, to me that, that like Mark Madden says that stuff all the time. Like, Oh, you, you stooge, like you marks, you're, you're just a bunch of marks out there because you like the Steelers or the pirates or the penguins. Oh, he doesn't say that about the penguins. He loves the penguins, but like a, like this, this, this whole idea, like, like we're, be take, we're, we're being taken for a ride because we happen to like a football team. Like, like they're like conning us or something. And I just, I just wanted to get that off my chest. And I'm not going to say any more about it. So on that note, I'm going to take some uh, more questions as I round out the show. And see what else we have here. And here's one. Here's, here's my perfect, perfect example. You know, the standard is the standard. The Browns playoff loss was embarrassing. That's from Bert Tavares. That's just a saying, Bert. And it's a great saying, but it doesn't guarantee anything. The standard is the standard. But if you look at the, the 55 years that the Super Bowl has been played, the standard for most championships is six. That's still a really, really low amount in the grand scheme of things. You know, we can still enjoy these years, like these seasons that don't end. And yeah, it was it, it, the loss sucked. Would I call it embarrassing? No, I wasn't embarrassed by it. I went to work the next day. I was fine. It sucked big time. I, I didn't want to see it. I was like shocked that they were down 28, nothing, but I wasn't embarrassed by it. And, you know, um, uh, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, a fan. It, it, it didn't take me long to get over it. I was, I was fine within a day or so. <laughs> not even, not even when I say fine, it's not like I was like depressed or anything, you know? And, uh, here's one from here. Here we go. Like with the adjusting lane thing, Russ Obenstein. Now all of a sudden people are saying that lane has been disruptive with his teammates. Who's saying that? I haven't heard that at all. I mean, I, I heard the, uh, everything that happened. It wasn't, wasn't pretty you know he was in ohio speeding 89 in the 65 zone with a suspended license uh there was some i guess they were smoking there was like the smell of marijuana which is not that as nearly as big a deal as it used to be as far as unless he was high which by all accounts he wasn't and of course he improperly um was stored his they found his gun in the car and i guess it's registered or something but it wasn't it was illegal the way he was um, storing it in his car. I don't know. I mean, like when you add it all together, is it, you know, is it something that should end his career here? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, as far as the speeding goes and I'm not trying to defend him, but I, I'm somebody who drives every day. I'm on the road all the time. And I have been basically for five years. And let me just say, there are a lot of maniacs out there and a lot of people doing 85 and 65 in a 65 zone. I see it all the time. So, I mean, I'm not going to condemn him over that. Why he would do that on a suspended license, I, that's just silly, but whatever. Uh, as far as the speeding goes, like I, I just cra- I just cracks that when, when people uh, talk about these, when these players are in the news for speeding. I see it every day. 
I see it on I see it on the highway. I see people doing that thing where they're like weaving in and out of traffic, like on the on the highway, like they do in like, like in in the in the police shows where they're being chased by the cops, like not like real uh police chase but like, like the fake ones that's like i see them doing that they're such in a hurry i don't know how many times like i'm like just driving along not on the highway but like, like on like a regular residential road and i'm just like doing the speed limit or even like five miles over when there's somebody behind me like right it, like, like tailgating me like their their headlights are right in my like rear view mirror i can't even see like there's so much aggression out there on the road so i mean you know you might say well he had his whole life ahead of him he's got this great opportunity in the nfl and he's going to throw it all away by speeding like a maniac on the highway. Well, what about your what about your dreams? What about your hopes and dreams as you're going 90 down the highway looking at your cell phone? You know, so like, as far as the speeding thing, it's stupid. But I'm not going to like say he should be kicked out of the league for it or or like the gun thing. I mean, I, I you know, maybe I, I, I like I don't know. Like, I don't know what like it's kind of like the, the, the Chase Claypool thing from a month ago. You know, at the time, it seemed like a big deal, but then it kind of went away. This is a thing where, he was, where a player was arrested. So that's kind of a, obviously a more serious issue. But like, it's not like, you know, like if you want to know the opinion, like my opinion of it, like, I don't think it, it's, it's, it's something that should, that should, uh, he should be cut over, maybe suspended, maybe fine. Uh, but, you know, there was an article published on, on the site on Friday and every, every opinion imaginable is on there. So everybody feels differently about it, just like everything else. You know, he should be cut. Uh, he shouldn't be cut. Uh, he's young and stupid. Well, I was young and stupid once too, and I didn't do that and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, everybody, like all, like the, the every opinion's out there about the Justin Lane thing. So I don't know if I can add anything more to it other than you're a hypocrite. You you know who you are out there on the highway going nuts and and and, and, and cutting across three lanes of traffic without putting your, your turn signal on. I see you out there every day. So don't 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 try to say like like these players are any different than, than than we are. So that's all my that's all I'm gonna say about Justin Lane. And here's Russ Obenstein and, and, and just just to give a context, he said he got pulled over because there was a warrant for him, but it was a it was a warrant for a traffic violation. It's not like it was like a, a felony or anything. I just wanna again, it's stupid. I don't know why. I mean we're talking about a a a, a professional athlete who gets paid a, a a decent amount of you know, six figures at least why he's not paying his traffic violations. I don't know. Just irresponsible, but it wasn't like he was, it wasn't like a, like a, like a felony. Like he wasn't wanted for like, I don't know, name any serious crime. And and like people talk about, like I saw that on the site today, the mugshot. He was smiling. It looked like it was his, his driver's license to me. That's what it looked like. Like it had his date of birth right above it. Wasn't it his driver's license? Not as mugshot. I don't know. It didn't look like a mugshot to me. I could be wrong. And of course, Steelers Pittsburgh says the comments section after the arrest was made went off the rails, and of course it did. It always did. Everything like that goes off off the rails when when it's posted. Like that's the kind of thing. And I get it. I mean, it's human nature. But it's, it's that's why I always find funny about about any comment section. People always say, "I don't want I don't want to talk about that controversial stuff." Why can't we talk about like? you know, the cover three formation or whatever, you know, Ramon Foster retired. Why don't you write a nice article about that? And then you write those kind of things and nobody, nobody cares. But then any anytime there's like a, a, a hot button topic that's written about people go nuts over it. And they just, you know, they fight and argue all day long. People love to fight online. Don't, don't, don't kid yourself. They do. 
Um, let's see what else we have here. A lot of people, a lot of people have some. Uh, here's another one. A lot of people have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, opinions on the on the uh, Justin Lane arrest. So people want to talk about it. So there you go. That's like the main thing being discussed on the uh, in the live chat. Um, as far as like what that means, and I'll just like bring this back to the draft before I sign off. As far as what it means for, are they going to draft a cornerback? I mean, they were probably going to draft one anyway. I think we, we talked about that first, second, third round. I don't know, but they were talking about drafting a cornerback as it is. I mean, James Pierre's a, a nice, uh, uh, prospect as an undrafted free agent. Justin Lane is a former third round pick. And I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe he's, uh, He's uh, they, they, they're, 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 there's a lot of like optimism for him. I don't know, like I, what, you know, but but then you like I was listening to the radio today. And they, were, they were talking about advanced stats, so I did a little research myself. They were talking about like like the qu- quarterback rating. <coughs> Excuse me, the quarterback rating on on, on passes targeted to, to him, and they 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 said like 129. But I looked at Pro Football Reference in 2020. Uh, the quarterback rating on passes targeted to him, like targeted to his receivers that he was covering was like 138.5. So I don't know. I mean, it's a limited sample size. You know, I I hate to judge him on like maybe a couple dozen plays. I mean, he is a young player, but um, you know, maybe that's, maybe he, maybe he's never going to be their answer at corner. You know, I think, um, Obviously, they like Cam Sutton as the slot. Maybe they start the season with Cam Sutton on the outside, um, and then hopefully they can find somebody uh, else to play on the outside while he slides back inside. I I, I saw some people reference Stephen Nelson. That might be a bridge that's kind of burnt. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't that ugly of a of a breakup. But this is what kills me about fans: is people like maybe his play did. In time, talking about Stephen Nelson, maybe his play did decrease last year. But I mean, not it wasn't noticeable. It wasn't like horrific. You know, he's still a starting caliber corner, and people are like, I don't want him anymore. You know, like I mean, you can't go from he was like one of the best cover corners in the league, where he kind of slightly declined last year. Now you don't want him. You don't want anything to do with him. Like if they can get him back at a, it would have to be a a, a, a reduced price, of course. They're not going to pay him like the eight, nine million they were paying, if they can get him like five, six million just for a one year deal, like if the, if the market dried up that fast for him, I wouldn't mind that for, for one year, Stephen Nelson. I mean, I, I, I mean, he's a starting caliber quarter. Maybe he, maybe he did regress last year, but he's still a starting caliber. Like this whole um, all or nothing thing that people uh, do. I, I like, he's not, he's not Mel Blunt. He's not Rob Woodson, but he's still a pretty darn good corner. And if you can get him for like 5 million or 6 million, I mean, I would do it at this point. Like when you got an unknown, an unknown in St. Pierre, and then you see these stats on on Lane, and again, limited action last year. Like, I don't know, you know. And, and then if you do draft a corner, he's still going to be a rookie. He's he's going to be a total unknown. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what what they do with that position. Now, it's it's a, it, maybe it's a much bigger need than we we ever realized, even before Justin Lane got arrested. So. Yeah, here's Russ Obenstein. I and he said I thought I thought Nelson played good last well, Russ is like the star of this show. He said I thought Nelson played good last year. Mark Tobin says 
Nelson has been top five for the last two years. And that's the thing. Like, I didn't hear like a whole lot about how like he was like this. He had, he was this horrible player last year until like rumors got out that he, he wanted traded or they gave him permission to be traded, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of that's a, little, a bit revisionist history. I, 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 I welcome him back. I don't know if, if they want him back, you know, with the whole public, uh, how things went down publicly. But again, it really wasn't that bad. Let's be real. You look back on it three or four weeks later, it really wasn't that bad. You know, it wasn't like anything close to what Antonio Brown did in 2019 when he, when he burned his bridges on the way out of town. So, well, I'm getting, I'm getting up against the hour and uh, I don't like to go over an hour, but I had so much fun talking tonight. I, I, I couldn't help myself, but you guys were awesome as always. Uh, thank you for, for everything. Thank you for interacting. Thank you for all the comments and the questions. And again, don't forget Monday if if you're involved in the uh, in the, the live chat draft, uh, you got to be there. Uh, you, you know your order, Brian. Brian gave you your order. You had the you had the, the lottery last week, but if you're not involved, please check it out anyway. It's going to be a lot of fun, It'll be a lot, a lot of great debate. I, I'm really looking forward to it. So please check that out. And until then, you guys have a great weekend. And uh, and and go Steelers. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much.